God wants to dismantle something in you. And, and there, there may be people in here that when I say this phrase, that it immediately resonates with you, and you know this is a struggle for you. But there are many people in the room that I felt like the Lord was showing me don't even realize this struggle exists within them. And so let me just give you an explanation. God is dismantling suicidal depression today. God is dismantling. I, I didn't show up to give you a nice little message. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm not, I, I just know God's dealing with us to go deeper. And I want to go deeper. I work hard to put things together, and we as a team get everything going. You've got your hand out, and we've got the production of the slides, and all that's going to happen. But come on, that's not what this is about. This is about the Holy Spirit bringing something deep in every one of our hearts and lives, awakening something by the Spirit of God out of a supernatural realm to help us recognize the level of the call of God that exists on our lives. So let me just say it again. God is dismantling suicidal depression this morning. So some people in the room might be at that place. Yeah, let's go ahead and hiss the enemy away and put our, put our faith in agreement in Jesus' name. See, so some people in the room, they might actually be at that place and say, wow, that's really me. Most people in the room wouldn't even understand it, how much it applies to all of us in the room until maybe I bring a little bit further explanation the way the Holy Spirit was just kind of challenging me with it today. When you step into a place of cynicism, when you step into a place of despondency and discouragement, then areas of your life slowly begin to die. And you were not born nor were you created by God to simply exist to die a slow death. Jesus came that you might live, really live, truly live, abundant life. Come on, thriving in every area of your life. We're shaking some things off today. God is dismantling that suicidal depression that's breaking off. Come on, God is restoring and resurrecting hope and strength and encouragement in our hearts to rise up and be everything He's called us to be. We have an assignment together. Your marriage isn't over. Your money isn't over. Your attitude about your situation really does matter. And I want to say it ain't over till God says it's over and Jesus is alive, so it ain't over. But you have a choice to make. You can cooperate with the negativity and a culture and context of that which does not foster any kind of faith or hope or expectation for God to do anything at all, or you can step over into a dimension that says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, and we can awaken something within us that begins to transform the world around us. I want to say it again. We have the right to awaken something within us to transform the world around us today. But we have to purpose not to be cynical in our attitude toward what God wants to do. Just because we've grown discouraged does not mean God has grown weak. You can do anything. You can do anything. 
So my question and my scoring of one to 10 is I wanna ask you, on a scale of one to 10, how do you rank your attitude on a scale of 10 being, I carry this, I can do anything, and a scale of one, like is there even any, any reason to, to have any expectation at all? On a scale of one to 10, I want you to think about where you are in that number. Do you have a do you in, uh, that you can do anything attitude? Do you carry a you-can-do-anything attitude? Do you carry that for yourself, and do you carry that for people around you? Do people around you want to be a better person and discover more of what God has in store for their life because of you? You can do anything. I, I came here today to open a gate and let heaven rush in this room and say, you can do anything. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Our attitude is vitally important to our set of circumstances and situations, and our faith opens gates that nobody else can open for us. It's up to you. It's not up to other people. It's up to you. Bless you. Travia is always trying to get the blessing. You can do anything. I, I mean, the, this is just the best expression Tracy sent me this clip a while back, and I just been, I have been reflecting on it, and I wanted to bring it in today, and I want you to hear the heart behind this little boy's words. No, this he is not a movie. He could do it. If he could do it. This isn't a movie. He, he believed in himself, and you can too. Oh, man, you're going to put it on me like that? You can do anything that, that you want. You can get... You can get singing lessons, get a better job, make more money. You could be even like rich. You could live in the White House someday. You could be president. Me? Do what you want to do. You're it's amazing. not about up, up. It's not up to other people. It's true. It's up to you. Come on. I love you. Come on, just open your hearts. Lord, I believe that today you've taken, a, you've taken us immediately to a very deep place in the inner chamber of God on purpose. I believe in this space of these few moments, you are dismantling suicidal depression in every area of our lives where we begin to be awakened to a hope and a faith and an expectation that is not only powerful enough to transform our lives, but is powerful enough to transform our world. I pray, Lord, whatever number we had in the screen of our minds Take that number higher today as a result of our digging into your word, as a result of our worship together, as a result of our worship together, as a result of our gathering, Lord, in this place, in this time, under the mantle and the lordship of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Are you a you-can-do-anything person? Do you have a you-can-do-anything attitude? Is your home an atmosphere that says you can do anything
in the context of your home? Have you cultivated this attitude within your own heart, within your own home? And I believe God wants to help us to do that. As your pastor, as sincerely as I can tell you, I want you to be an outrageously loving person who passionately pursues your God with an irrationally giving lifestyle as you consistently submit to the desires of God, consistently submit to the desires of God and effectively disciple others to do the same. Those are the five things that I know are part of the reason God gave me breath in my body. Part of the reason that we have become friends as a family. Part of the reason that we're gathered in this room so that we can become more like Christ, particularly in those five arenas. So on your handout, would you say it with me? We are outrageously loving people who passionately pursue the Lord with irrationally giving lifestyles as we consistently submit to God's desires and effectively disciple others to do the same. Let me encourage you to understand that effective discipling begins in the home. Effective discipling begins in the home. I want to give you some practical ideas today. And in just a little bit, I'm going to walk you through some things that you can do. I want to introduce to you a little bit of what's about to unfold in the season and the life of our church. Um, but I, I, I need you to understand the importance of your home. Did you know that if you will wake up in the morning and intentionally purpose to turn on worship music to fill your home with an atmosphere of worship as the first thing you do as a priestly ministry to your household, then your heart will be full of worship more readily than if you don't do that. In other words, if you'll get up every day as a part of your assignment from God, when you wake up, turn on worship music, then not only will you fill your home with worship, but you'll begin to fill your heart with worship. I've recently just started finding new um, channels that I like on Spotify and Pandora, just different worship channels, and, and I'm, I'm just determined that the first thing I'm going to do when I wake up in the morning, for me, before anybody else is up, I'm going to turn on music, worship music, that just starts getting me awakened to the things of God. You know that when you get worship going in your home, you start to get worship going in your heart, it starts to be the context and the lifestyle where you're just kind of walking in a deeper place of communication with God. And let me explain something to you. God is about to awaken us to a greater place of conversation. I've been telling you every week and I'm going to tell you every week for this entire year, at least the rest of this year, my prayer is that you begin to grow to a greater awareness of the promptings of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God so that conversations become confirmations that we're all hearing the voice of God together. Amazing things have been unfolding, and people have been sharing different things. Conversations have been happening. It's like, oh, I, that's exactly what was in my heart. You, you expect those moments. Will you expect those moments? We're a prophetic company. God is calling us to function in supernatural dimensions and perspectives, and we need to expect and anticipate that in an attitude of positivity. What I'm saying is you can do anything. I have a you-can-do-anything attitude. How about you? I believe God's trying to awaken the church to have a you-can-do-anything attitude. I believe Nicholas isn't the only one to experience the healing power of God this year in this church. I believe Nicholas isn't the only one to experience supernatural healing power from God in this church and in our circles of friends and family and co-workers. 
Effective discipling begins in the home. For the Jews, the ministry center has always been the home. For the Christians, the ministry center tends to be the church. Think about what I'm saying. When you look at Jewish festivals and the, the focal point of worshiping God for the Jews, it always is it's an ideology that's born out of the family gathering in the home. But for Christians, when we think about worship, for some reason we have kind of offloaded that to a perspective of that's when we go to church. No, that's how we live our lives. This gathering is an important part of living our lives from an entirely different perspective, awakening a brand new eternal dimension in the way we're going to walk through our Monday tomorrow. You are a force from heaven and the earth. You've got to understand that. You can do anything, and you should carry a you-can-do-anything attitude. And when somebody tells you about how difficult a situation is that they're walking through, that's your immediate opportunity to begin to ask God to intervene in that circumstance, in that situation. Be an agent from God in every situation that you hear about. Be willing to pray for people. Be willing to embrace people on that level. Be willing to let people know that they can count on you to stand on their behalf before God Almighty. They don't even necessarily have to understand everything about your faith. You don't have to give them the Roman road explanation just to communicate with them. Listen, I'm praying for you. It's a really simple thing to do. You and I have got to get beyond these four walls to understand the call of God to transform a society because of what God's deposited within our hearts. So my question is, are you spiritually well? Are you spiritually well? Because when you're spiritually well, you become supernaturally empowered as just a natural result of being spiritually well. You begin to see things and hear things and know things and discern things that you cannot otherwise. It's bizarre how God can awaken conversations and situations. And think, Tracy and I have been kind of watching this. There's been for, for several years now an awakening of the church in an entirely different dimension of words of knowledge and prophetic expression. And, and we're seeing this happen more and more and more all over the world. And there's this incredible wave starting to take place. And we were watching as this, this young lady uh, got up in her church and, and she felt God was telling her to, uh, to give 10 numbers in front of her congregation. And it was a phone number number, and she got up and gave this phone number, and I mean, can you imagine, like, okay, here's the number, and it included an area code. He's like, you know, I'm really nervous about doing this, but here's the number, and she gives 10 numbers, and she says, is this anybody's phone number, and some guy in the back raises his hand. He's like, that's my cell phone. Like, what are you, who gave you that number? Like, God will give you some information that you might need to see the kingdom advance in everyday life, and the whole challenge is, let's not just come in here and celebrate that we can hear God together. Let's go out there and hear God together, and walk out the will plan and purpose of God the way he desires for us to walk out the will, plan, and purpose of God. That is a nervous hand clap. I recognize, I discern that nervous hand clap. Yeah, pastor, that's good. I like it when you preach it now. Uh, yeah, yeah, y'all go do that. Haven't you ever noticed that the five-fold ministry is actually to equip the saints for the work of the ministry? Therefore, the pastor shouldn't be the only one pastoring. The evangelist shouldn't be the only one evangelizing. Other people should evangelize and be awakened to the gift of evangelism because of the office of evangelism that awakens the church to go out and be more effective at evangelism. The prophet shouldn't be the only one prophesying. The prophetic office ought to be awakening the church to go out and prophesy. And it doesn't look like the same thing out there that it does in here. You don't have to roll your eyes back and thus saith the Lord and prophesy in King James language. 
It's just having a conversation. It's natural. It's normal. It's just who we are. We're a supernatural people who have spiritual downloads from God. It's the way we walk out the will, plan, and purpose of God in our lives. This is effective, effectively discipling. First, becoming an effective disciple who's just plugging in every day, getting in a place of the Word, getting in a place of prayer, turning on the worship music, just being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Don't forsake the assembly. How many know there are deposits going on in every one of our hearts in this room right now? I am amazed the more I walk with God as a part of a congregational family, the more I'm discerning the conversation with God that seemingly has nothing to do with the words being spoken of the people that stand up here and speak, and more has to do with what God is releasing in my heart as the anointing of God is released up here on the platform. You understand, somebody could get up here and talk about one thing, but God give you a download of another just because suddenly we're under the sound of the anointing from heaven. I don't want to just prepare sermons to preach. I want to be broken in the hands of God so that I'm releasing something of the anointing that will teach our lives as we walk this thing out. That's why this nervous verse of Scripture in the Bible that a lot of pastors don't like to talk about, this is you don't need a man to teach you, you need the anointing to teach you. What that's saying is you need to get under men and women who will carry the anointing because that's what will teach you. Are you spiritually well? Matthew chapter 28 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the Great Commission. We want to effectively disciple. We need to be effective disciples before the Lord our God, and then begin to walk that out in a place of great conversation with God. Expect it next Sunday. God is going to begin to awaken your conversation with God on a brand new level. A lot of what I have said to you, I did not even plan to say to you today, but it's the atmosphere God is releasing over our church family. You're going to begin to hear the voice of God like you've never heard the voice of God. I said, you can do anything. I've got a you can do anything message for you today. And what we're going to do is we're going to launch into a season of taking control of the airspace starting next week that is going to keep going until April 1st, Easter Sunday, when this room is going to be packed with every chair we have and every friend and family member and co-worker of yours is going to show up in this place, and that day they're going to give their heart to Jesus because we've been praying and preparing and cultivating an atmosphere that's going to trans... You understand? You're the key that unlocks this. You're the key that unlocks this. So we're going to step into a time of understanding how to pray. And we've cultivated this daily prayer guide that we're going to give you all next week. And we're going to start to cultivate what 24 hours a day, seven days a week prayer looks like. And every day we're going to be praying the same thing on Sunday. And every day we're going to be praying the same thing on Monday. And every day we're going to be praying the same thing on Tuesday. And we're going to walk through several weeks of preparation of our understanding what it is to be prayerful people. And then when we step into that Easter Sunday morning, we're going to begin to announce a season of time called Secret Sunday service. And it's all about action. It's all about acts of secret service in the world around us. It's all about having taken control of the airspace in a place of prayer and then sending in the ground troops to go and possess the spoils that that the Lord is going to give. Can somebody shout today and declare it? Rouse the warriors.
And then as we move into the fall, God's going to take us into a deep place of intercession. There's going to be great impartation out of the heart of heaven into our hearts as we start to look at the tabernacle and what those articles of furniture are really all about and why God revealed those back in that day to take us into deeper places of intercession. And Pastor Young Yi Cho has expressed this incredible prayer structure that's based around the tabernacle. And in the fall, you and I are going to learn more about why God set all this up, why it was that the Israelites would go through the wilderness and when they would set up the tabernacle, the place where God would dwell, where the presence of God would dwell, when they set up the tabernacle, it would take nine months to build that tabernacle in the wilderness. Know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit and you took nine months to be developed in the womb. How many believe God's taking us somewhere? I've just felt like the Holy Spirit's given me a download of 2018. It's a year of flourishing. It's a year where we take root. It's a year where we bear fruit. It's a year where people get saved. It's a year where you begin to prophesy. It's a year where you begin to carry healing to your world around you. This is a world where we become awakened, where our sons and daughters are hearing the voice of God like never before. Do you believe that there might be a wave of a prophetic reference and, and words of knowledge that God's wanting to bring into the world through the church when you read the Scripture and it says, in the last days your sons and daughters will prophesy? We're a part of that movement. We're a part of that movement. If nothing else, we're being raised up as God's generals to awaken our sons and daughters. Yes. So how do we do this? It's exciting, isn't it? Like I, I get up and, and the vein bulges. Faith and Lexi tell me they're embarrassed because I primarily sweat in my left armpit, not my right. <laughs> Unisweat. <laughs> that's why I don't wear. That's why I don't wear certain colored shirts that show, like red shirts, just show. You pitted here, and you can't even tell up here now. I, I, I get wound up, excited, passionate. How? How? How do we do this? I want to walk you through some really practical things today just to help you understand how we can be available to be effective disciples so that we then become supernaturally empowered to effectively disciple other people. You have to cultivate a you-can-do-anything attitude in your heart by cultivating a you-can-do-anything attitude in your home. You know, I shared that I was speaking at this dream center with all of these people that have come out of prison and all this, you know, just amazing backgrounds of broken lives, and God was putting the pieces together, and I was standing in the, in the service watching all, I mean, there were probably 200 people in the room, and, and they were just chanting, they were singing the song called Anthem, and they were chanting these words, I'm going to change the world, I'm going to, and, and they, they don't sing in, in the Dream Center, they don't sing quite as... Um, congenially as we do. They're, they're singing when they get on the military mission, it's just downright gnarly. You know what that word is. And so, man, they were like, I'm going to change the world. And I'm looking around like, oh, man. You know, these, they're, they're serious. They mean business. 
And as soon as I started kind of being taken by what they were saying, I was very challenged to help them carry a a paradigm and a perspective that actually awakens the reality of what it was they were singing because I discerned there was a disconnection. There was a passion without the ability to actually embrace the connection that was to be made with how they walked this out. And so I got up and kind of interrupted the worship set, and I said, excuse me, but you're saying you're going to change the world. Do you really believe that? Are you serious? You think you can change the world? And it shocked them. And they were, looked like, they were looking at me kind of like you are right now. And, and I just said, most of you in this room, and, and this is the problem with the church, by the way, we're singing these grand statements without embracing any practical application of how to bring the grand statements to pass in my world on my level. And I said, what you have to do is stop thinking in a global perspective and start thinking in a circle perspective because globally it is 25,000 miles around the planet. But when I stop thinking in a global 25,000 mile perspective and I start thinking in a circle five feet around me perspective, I'm going to change the world. You're not going to get around me and not feel something different from heaven in this. Come on. That's just who we are. You can do anything. I've got that in my heart. You can do anything. I carry that for you. I don't hear what you're going through from a depressed standpoint. I hear what you're going through from a standpoint of look at what God has to work with to show off today. I want to challenge you in something like develop this in your home. Take the commission. I'm speaking to the fathers, single moms. You're the spiritual leaders of your house. Take this responsibility and this commission today that tomorrow morning you will wake up and you will begin to change the atmosphere of your house by putting worship immediately in the atmosphere and cooperating with what God's desiring to do. That's my commission, my challenge to you. I'm challenging you to to begin to put scriptures up in different places of the house. In fact, I I actually was thinking about this and and the verses, many of them that Tracy was talking about. I wanted to show you kind of what what she's done. And I went through the house yesterday taking pictures. If you guys will pop up those those pictures. So here's the first picture in our shower. And when I stand there naked washing my hair, I'm reading the Bible. So Tracy's put these up in the shower and, and like I'm focusing in on these, wor- these verses. And then this next one is a picture of, uh, that was Lexi's room, her little unicorn going there. And so the girls have kind of followed this suit. I'll spare you with the whole tour of everything, but I, I will show you what we're giving out next week. And this next picture is a picture of this handout of this is a year that you were created by God to flourish. And that is a day-by-day layout of verses and a, a focus every single day that we are going, we are going to do some damage to the kingdom of darkness. I'll never forget when uh, I started talking about 
how to really, you know, take, make your home flourish. And, and Wade and Jennifer Moore down here on the front row, our community group leaders for this service. Going to introduce them in a while. I was talking about how to, you know, date your mate, spend time together. And, and, and Wade took me seriously. He went, slicked his hair back, got a haircut, got it all slicked back. He went and got flowers and put cologne all over walked candy and flowers, and he rang the doorbell, and Jennifer opened the door, and she looked at him, she smelled him, and she thought, she slammed the door, and she called me, Pastor, get over here right now, Wade's drunk. <laughs> that didn't really happen. <laughs> I'm simply saying that joke to say, this will feel weird, when you first start doing it. You won't feel comfortable when you first start doing what I'm saying. The people in your house will begin to notice you're making an effort to do something you've never done before. But you know where I'm going, because if you're going to go places you've never gone before, you're going to have to do some things you've never done before. Why don't you take some steps and make an effort and just see what God might do if you start to try and awaken this atmosphere of God's presence in your home like you've never known it before. Come on, somebody just help me. Let's celebrate this in and declare it. Today, we're calling this in. Today, we're establishing legacy. Come on, this becomes a legacy that our children experience. When our children experience this kind of legacy, they begin to express this kind of legacy. I was inspired to find out that Joshua had a son that was raised up to follow in Joshua's footsteps and serve as a high priest. And I read that and thought, I, I want... I want my children to follow in our footsteps and, and, and have a hunger for God and a love for the church and a desire to see the world become a better place because of a powerful, healthy, whole church. And then I, I looked at Joshua's grandson, and not only did his son follow in his footsteps to serve God with all of his heart, but his grandson also was a high priest as unto the Lord. And his great-grandson was a high priest unto God. And his great-great-grandson was a high priest to God. And his great-great-great-grandson was a high priest. And I learned that Joshua had 14 generations of sons that followed after him in a legacy to say, I am going to serve the purposes of God, that my world will be a better place as a result of my availability to Him. Fourteen generations. Come on, do you want that kind of legacy in your life? Fourteen generations. Many of us in the room don't come from a long line of legacy, Jesus-loving families. It doesn't matter. You can be the first. You can start a legacy that becomes a generational blessing released for generations to come where your children and great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren, they begin to serve Jesus as a result of your surrendered available life. A devastated family can be completely redeemed so that from you can come generations of people who love Jesus. Broken walls of legacy can be restored. Broken walls of legacy can be restored. What you do today and what you do not do today will echo for hundreds of years into hundreds and thousands of lives. 
Are you hearing this with your spiritual ears? What you do today and what you do not do today, do not die a slow death. God is dismantling suicidal depression where people have grown into a state of despondency and they're no longer hoping and they're no longer believing and they're no longer thriving and the power that raised Jesus out of an absolutely discouraging situation of the grave is the same power that's at work awakening something within you right now as I speak. Do not die a slow death. God is dismantling that depression that causes us to become despondent. And he's awakening something of a belief within us. When you live a life of legacy, you not only find places to serve, but you take your children with you, imparting a heart to serve Jesus and his family. And this is not just about natural children. This is about spiritual sons and daughters. Do not confine your ministry expression to natural sons and daughters. Broaden your ministry expression. When the girls were babies, we were having sons and daughters gatherings and people that Tracy and I felt a call and a connection with in ministry over the years. Every year we would invite them in. They would come into our home. And we would just take some time just to pray and seek God and hear the voice of God together. And our kids grew up knowing that they have many brothers and sisters because of who Jesus is. And those brothers and sisters have helped form them into the young women that they are today. Because I wasn't just going to leave it to hopefully they get it from us as parents. I began to form a community of believers around my kids that would charge the gates of hell and let that be quickened and awakened within them. How about you? Come on, that's who we are. That's who we are. This week, we're going to be talking in our community group meetings about how to effectively establish a legacy in the home. It's a really important conversation that we will effectively disciple others by being effective disciples. And I want to ask you, uh, we're not here trying to build religious organizations. I'm fulfilling an office of a pastor in your life. I, I didn't ask for it. I didn't sign up for it because I was hoping it would happen. We tried to turn it away and, and wanted to do something else, but it was something God made me do. And if you were here during that time, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But it is better to obey than to sacrifice. And because of God asking me to step into this role, I felt absolutely no qualification whatsoever. Tracy and I, this was not what we saw ourselves doing, but what we're learning now is years down the road, we, are, listen, I just want you to know, we are just now starting to come into our gift and what God has purposed after all these years. And all heaven is about to begin to be awakened in every direction from this house. I am 100% confident about it. All heaven. So I'm going to ask you relationally, purpose something meaningful this week with family and friends. Purpose, that's your action point. Purpose something meaningful. Just conversation about what God's doing, where you're reading. Something mean. We have meaningful exchange and conversation. Sit down at a meal and say something like this. So, 
What's God been stirring in your heart lately? All you're doing is cultivating a conversation that centers around the prophetic wisdom of God that He's trying to reveal in all of our lives. It's really a lot easier than we think. We make it out to be so hard. It's really not that hard. Lord, we love you. We love you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, that you care about us so deeply. You're working to awaken something within us. You're working to awaken something within us. I pray, Lord, we'd be responsive to you. The things that are are spoken and, and different benchmarks that we'll remember, I thank you, Lord, for those things that we can commemorate and remember and rehearse. Lord, we just want to thank you for the rich deposits from heaven that have been established in our hearts, even in these moments together as a result of our gathering to worship you. Our gathering to prioritize time in Scripture together as a church family. Our gathering, Lord, to focus in on our hunger and our passion to grow deeper in really even understanding what a relationship with God is all about. I believe you're dismantling suicidal depression in our hearts, in our minds, in our emotions, and in every way. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.